The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Maurice Patton, JP Plan on the controls. We welcome you into a Wednesday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is a beautiful day outside, as it has been for a while, other than Monday, I guess. This is a loaded show full of fun facts and sad news. But before we get to that, Mo, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Man, you know, I woke up and just, it was one of those days where you wake up refreshed, you're ready to take on the day and and just have a good day today. Let's do that because... There's some things going on today, and we'll get into some of that later on. That, but that have the potential to make this a really good day. I, I even like I halfway got dressed this morning. You did. I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a little impressed and a little concerned. It's I, like it was just one. Of I, the, I didn't get the get dressed day. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, sometimes you just have to when you feel like you know you feel good. You, you you get get up and you're like you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make sure that I, I look decent today and today I, I feel like I look decent. You so do. I, you I do. appreciate that. I, you know, <laughs> it it doesn't always happen, uh, but Mo is wearing his <laughs> his Atlanta Braves uh, quarter zip pullover, and that was number two on my list, the exact same one because I have the exact same one. So sometimes. When we when you have the same interests and you have, I mean, obviously we have the same, you know, clothes that we that that have Southern Middle Tennessee sports on it, but uh, yeah, we we got lucky because we, we don't like to look like we're in uniform. Sorry, right. sorry to interrupt you guys, but the the real question is here is that you have a number two outfit every morning. Well, it was <laughs> kind of yes. Okay. I mean, it. Had I gotten this on and been like, you know what, I don't feel like it, okay. I, I probably would have just went slouchier with the, uh, and, and that's actually not slouchy. That's a, that's a nice pullover. I love that. It's thing. good you always have a plan, Chris. You have always to have, have a plan. A plan. Like well, it. when you're getting up, when we're getting up, you got to have a plan. Yeah, because we're not used to it. Like we've said so many times, this is this is new for us to be up you know, before 7 o'clock <laughs> every weekday. Eight, so. 8 o'clock, yeah. <laughs> It's 11 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here at WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Give us a call if you want to get in on the station, but uh, if Clayton will bring us the 
the the the phone. The phone. <laughs> I know he's probably listening. Give give us a call. Tell us what you're wearing today. Yeah, nine three one three eight one one zero one seven. That's nine three one three eight one one zero one seven. Phone lines are open. You can also we don't in, have it, but they're open. they are open. Um, you can also interact with us, of course, on Twitter at sm underscore tn sports and at mo Patton underscore sports and at chris yow fourteen. That's y o w like cow, but with a y. You gotta, yeah. It's not like Yao Ming. It's, it's, if you're listening, you know your sports guy. As, as a former coworker used to like to refer to you. Yeah. And anyway, that's okay. Yeah, it's a. But we have a lot to talk about today, and we have Williamson County Athletics Director Darren Joins joining us <laughs> in a, just a few minutes, and he's going to be talking about a pretty big deal. Um. Yesterday, after we got off the air, as seems to happen every time this happens, uh, Independence. After we had teased two. Twice this has happened. After we had teased two Scott Blades' appearance on the show this morning to talk about the Independence-Brentwood game, we find out that the Independence-Brentwood game isn't going to take place Friday. Yeah, so... Independence is, as you heard, if you heard the news break, their entire campus has been shut down. Now, we got word last night that some other sports are anticipating being able to play this week. But not on campus. But not at the independent campus. Soccer and volleyball intend to take part in their games tomorrow. I think so. Uh, both soccer and volleyball planning to take part in that those two games um but but they're gonna but they're gonna, but they're gonna be on the road rather than home dates but independence football will not play at brentwood on friday which was scheduled to be the bruins homecoming in a huge region 6-6a matchup yeah it's whatever yeah that's about that, that's beside the point it's homecoming oh, it's homecoming <laughs> yeah <laughs> But Priorities. Yes, yes, Independence Brentwood has been postponed potentially, could be rescheduled, may not be rescheduled. We will let you know when we know. In addition to that, what's 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 big about that is Brentwood just had a game canceled last week. They were supposed to play Christ Presbyterian Academy, so this would be two weeks in a row that the Bruins won't have gotten to play. Correct. And that CPA game was actually, I don't think it was scheduled. At, originally? It, yeah, originally, yeah. It was an open date for Brentwood, and then they scheduled that game in 2020. Yeah. I don't really know what else you can say. It's kind of the catch-all. It really is. And there are also some COVID issues at Richland again. Um, we don't know if that's going to affect football or other sports at this point, but the school has shut down. They are remote learning at Richland School, and we we just don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twenty twenty, and and the concern for Richland in this situation is they just picked up a game against Spring Hill next Friday. Correct. So it's it, it, 
We it's a very it's fluid situation. That's the best way to say it. And I and mean, we we've heard that phrase, we've used that phrase, and and it's it's a cliche for a reason because it's twenty twenty. Well, you know what they say about cliches? They're cliches because there's no better way to say it. And there you go. I mean, that's and and this year there isn't a better way. There's there's no explanation outside of it's just simply 2020. Yeah. And everything is going to be unique and different, and we'll figure it out as we go. A lot of that going on. Again, as the news break mentioned, um, Columbia Academy will miss a second straight Friday night game. They were supposed to play at home against Jackson Christian. They continue to be um, doing remote learning and, and quarantined and – Charlie Lansdale got out of the hospital midweek last week, I guess it was, and is continuing to improve. But they are still sidelined for now. So, yeah, a lot going on because of COVID right now, obviously. Correct. Well, we were supposed to have Scott Blade in the next segment. Mm -hmm. He is, because of the shutdown, he is now remote teaching remote learning something or the other and is unavailable to speak with us so like i mentioned earlier we have athletics director of williamson county darren joins he's going to be on the show in just a few minutes we had some girls soccer matches last night you and i both got out to a to a different soccer match had some volleyball and middle school football finished up their season, two of the teams, or I guess four local teams, finished up their seasons mm-hmm. last night. We have two more games on Thursday this week as their seasons will come to a close just before fall break. And when we come back from a quick break, we're going to talk, like I said, to Darren Joins about this Williamson County issue with Independence Brentwood, but also the big game in Franklin, the Battle of Franklin, Mm -hmm. Centennial, and the Admirals will take on each other. So we'll come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Talk to Darren Joins on WKOM 101.7 FM. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 24 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock. We appreciate you guys being here on WKOM and across the world on our podcast, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts, this radio show. If you miss any part of it, you can find it 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn Radio. Lots of options to be able to hear the show, and we appreciate you guys joining us. Also joining us right now is Williamson County Athletics Director Darren Joins. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, how you guys doing? What a what a beautiful day. Uh, feels like a football day, doesn't it? It does indeed, Darren. Appreciate you taking some time to come on with us. Hey, um, as I'm sure Chris got you up to speed, you were you were kind of our backup following the the news of the day yesterday um you know in a perfect world we'd be speaking to scott blade about the independence brentwood game coming up on friday night huge region six six a matchup um just from your perspective how did that situation play out yesterday well obviously we've got guidelines and protocols for having to shut down schools and activities based on uh you know, positive cases and or number of people quarantined. Uh, got a lot of folks that work on that. Uh, you know, it starts at the top there with Mr. Golden, who just does a great job. And, uh, you know, he's very much an athletics person. Lee Webb, who's my direct boss, she's she's an athletics person. Uh, Michael Fletcher, who's in charge of safety and security, very much an athletics person. So uh, we want to make these things happen if we can, uh, have the games go on. And we've been – fairly lucky i think uh, so far and and very cautious but this is one of those things because of uh uh and i can't obviously get into specifics but number of cases and or quarantines uh it's just in their best interest to maybe pump the brakes on it a little bit the good news is i think you know we're going to be able to work out a date uh if we're lucky a couple weeks down the line where this game could happen so uh it's just you know it's just one of those things uh uh 2020 and probably going to leak into 21 also it's just it's just the way it is right now coach does does the county athletics department and the i guess the higher ups with with mr golden and that sort of thing do do you guys get involved with the rescheduling of that at all or is it coaches making that decision primarily that's local level and i'm talking with the schools but if i need to i will for example uh, a date that they're looking at uh, uh, could potentially uh, move some of their or maybe even cancel one of their non-region games so there's some things that that we've got to walk through there if they need help on that then i certainly get involved i had a conversation yesterday with uh, some of the folks out at independence on trying to navigate some of that but uh you know, a lot of times that is taken care of at the local level. Uh, I don't try to micromanage those situations, but certainly well, we'll jump in and, and provide some assistance when needed. Uh, some of it, you know, goes back to contracts. Uh, sure. You know, this is a little bit different day and time, but uh, the way it's working right now with games, it's a uh, – you've got some options. I mean, Brentwood really could say we're able to play. You're not able to play. We're going to take a win you take a non no contest and then we just move on uh, to coach Crawford's credit. Uh, he, he wouldn't do that. I mean, that that's something he would, you know, he, if they had to do that, it would be a situation where it was totally out of his hand. So uh, I knew when this happened that he would be one that tried to work that out. Uh, you know, and I've said this all along, I don't think it's really happened with the teams in our district uh, uh, because we've talked about it, Sure. but you see coaches across the middle Tennessee 
uh, in schools, sometimes I take a look and say, you know, I think folks are doing some of the things they're doing uh, because they maybe don't want to make a game up with someone that's a superior team. You know, they don't try to work it out, I guess is what I'm saying, uh, which I think is too bad. But, but I thought that would happen. The scenario I gave before the season was this. You get in a situation and let's say your team is three and one and my team's two and two. And for some reason we can't play. Well, if you say you can't reschedule, you're going to end up three and one and I'm going to end up three and two. Well, you still win because you have less losses. Now, I know there is talk from TSSAA, it's number of wins and those kind of things. But I'm just saying there could be a scenario if I don't play you and don't reschedule, it could help my team for playoff seating. It's too bad that folks might think that way, but let's let's face it, there's some folks out there that think that way. Oh, without question, Darren. Hey, do you feel like as you talk about your region, which is a six that region in particular, uh, region six six a, six team region, five of those are in Williamson County. Does that make this a bit more manageable? I think it does. Uh, you know, and I would include Coach Burns out there at Dixon. You know, he was an assistant at Independence. Mm-hmm. I think we're very much like-minded. Uh, obviously, within the district, we are. Uh, but I think Dixon as well. You know, uh, uh, Jay Pallast, who's the AD out there, uh, he's he's a good guy. He tries to do what's right for the kids, not only his school, but really everyone that's involved. So I do think it's easier. Uh, but you start getting into situations, you look at Fairview, for example. There's so many different schools and school systems involved. It really makes it tricky for them if there's any kind of cancellation. And speaking of Fairview, are they the only other WCS program that has had to shut down for their own COVID issues to this point, Darren? That's right. They, they, uh, you know, they were out a couple of weeks. Uh, they were able to play Lebanon uh, on Saturday, which I give Coach Hughes credit. Uh, 3A versus 6A is tough. Uh, but they jumped right in there and did a great job. They were up 14-13 at the half, ended up getting beat 49-35. But he's got a heck of a team. Uh, and, you know, you just you just, you just just pray and hope that you don't get in a situation with the team uh, that's in the semifinals or the playoffs or quarterfinals or championship and can't play. But that's the reality of this year. I think it's going to happen somewhere in the state. Uh, I hope not. And so certainly hope it doesn't impact our teams. But if you're a realist uh, and you just look around, it's going to happen. It's it's tough to think it won't happen. We were speaking with um, Charles Pulliam from the Williamson Herald yesterday, a good friend of all of ours, obviously, and we discussed that that Fairview-Lebanon game, as you mentioned. And like you said, they're up one at the half. They wind up losing by touchdown, uh, two touchdowns. And they fall from fifth to eighth in the Class 3A Associated Press poll. Yeah, that's uh, – I think uh, once they get back in region play, starting with Camden this week, I think you're going to see them climb right up back up the ladder. Hey, and one thing I would mention before we do the woe is us thing, uh, you know, when we talked before the year, the coaches and I, particularly the football coaches, because we, we really thought that was going to be the toughest one to get started, and they did a great job of coming up with the plan uh, that we could submit to the to the folks here at the central office and say, hey, here's how we're going to go about our business to get started. Uh, you know, the conversation we had was, if you would have told most of those coaches you're going to get to play three games, they would have probably taken it. 
Mm-hmm. Once you start getting into the season and once playoff implications come up, and I get this because I've been a coach, now people aren't so happy with three games. They're saying, why could, why do we have to miss? And why does this person have to miss? And I understand it. But I, I think, you know, the, the more you have, the more you want. But we don't have to look very far. I look at those kids in Metro Nashville and just feel so bad for them. Uh, obviously, they're playing a modified schedule. But, you know, I saw a picture – uh, the other day with no fans and it just made me sad for those kids uh, it really did so i don't think you have to look very far to find situations where you really feel like you're fortunate i feel like we're fortunate here in wcs uh, we've got good leadership at the central office uh, starting with mr golden uh, who's really trying to do what he can to to, to let us play uh, and i just feel bad for so many of these kids that really don't have the same opportunities we do Talking with Darren Joins, Williamson County Athletics Director. Darren, I mean, obviously we can look at a schedule and see that October 23rd is the most logical date that Independence and Brentwood could play. And you just mentioned Metro Schools, which Independence had recently changed the game from at Procon to hosting at Independence is that something that's in the back of everyone's mind is you are still taking a potentially taking a game away from someone else if they can't reschedule does that make it because of the current contract does that make that game more difficult to reschedule the Brentwood Independence game it, it does you know what's got to happen and I, and I had a meeting with the basketball coaches yesterday because we're obviously getting ready to ramp up in basketball mm-hmm is, you know, I I think that I reminded uh, the coaches that just make it clear to your non-region opponents or non-district opponents that if there's any kind of cancellation or or cancellation within the district, you get a couple teams in the district that can't play for uh, COVID purposes. And let's say you're out two weeks. Well, in basketball, that might mean four games that you're missing. Uh, I just made it clear to them to make sure you share – with the people you play out of district, if there's any kind of cancellation in the district, then those dates with non-district teams are going to be in jeopardy. Uh, and, and I feel like that cuts both ways. You know, if, if, a, if, a, if that happens with the Wilson County team playing one of our teams, sure. I think we've got to certainly get it. Uh, I will say this, uh, we're going to make sure that any kind of change that takes place, our opponent we hope is going to feel good about uh, what we're going to try to do. If we're dropping an opponent or if there's a contract that's out there, we're going to certainly live up to what the contract is. If there's some kind of uh, uh, maybe monetary uh, deal in the contract, if that exists, uh, we're going to live up to our our end of the bargain for sure. But I I think what happens in this situation, coaches get it, too. You know, if you've got to if you've got to move a non-region or cancel a non-region game to get a region game in. Uh, I think everyone really kind of gets that. And here's the other thing. You know, it was it was, it was was interesting. We were talking about this. Of course, you don't know what you don't know, but Brentwood and Fairview could have actually played. Brentwood has that game with right. CPA canceled on Thursday night. Uh, Fairview jumped in and got the Lebanon game, which I totally understood. You know, you don't want to you don't want to just wait on somebody uh, and, and see if they're going to have an opening. But as it turned out, Brentwood and Fairview could have played. Uh, obviously, you know they'd already committed to play Lebanon. They were going to going to honor that. But uh, 
it's just it is a wacky time it really is I, it's, it's uh, wild and wacky wednesday it, it, it i mean it is really an interesting time uh, uh to be in and our i think our coaches have really have really handled it well fascinating sideline from that fairview lebanon game darren i'm not sure if you went or not but um i've seen pictures and neither of the teams wore their whites um lebanon wore their blues uh fairview wore their gold uniforms kind of did a color rush kind of thing that um that chris and and chuck gentry the coach over at lebanon had agreed upon prior to the game which is a violation of nfhs rules but Lebanon had already said that they were going to decline the 15-yard penalty that would have come with that. Um, do you see a possibility of more of that type thing going on? Because I think the fans love really it. like it. I know I do. I, I thought it was fantastic. Though. I love it, too. You know, Brentwood and Ravenwood have done it uh, for a while. I think it's a great thing. Now, Tate Matthews, who you guys obviously know very well, Tate has told me, and I didn't realize this, that even with the penalty being declined, if you get another unsportsmanlike, I guess that's considered like an, <laughs> un, that, it, that if you get an unsportsmanlike penalty, somebody can get ejected because it's a that's second. right. So that's kind of tricky. Uh, you know, Fairview and Page did it. Fairview and Page did it earlier in the year, and I uh, I told uh, I told Coach Hughes, I said you got you got to watch out, man. If you get you another, if you get some kind of unsportsmanlike, you're going to be in in hot water but uh you know obviously those things don't happen very much but i love it i love how it looks yeah. you know it reminds me of the old uh, uh now i'm a kentucky fan so i think of kentucky tennessee mm-hmm. back when they would wear the blue and the orange mm-hmm. uh alabama tennessee i believe did that a lot in the past too yeah, i yeah. think it looks great it visually looks great yeah yeah you know but how does i was thinking about this the other day uh you talk about that uh uh, LSU, if I'm not mistaken, they wear white at home, correct? Correct. Unless it's Even a non-conference, though, unless it's a non-conference game, um, they wear purple against non-conference at home, I believe. So, so that's obviously something the SEC has approved. Well, correct. I think the way it works at the collegiate level is the home team gets, gets to, to choose. choose what they wear, and then the visiting team is responsible for contrasting. I think at the high school level, what home always wears? Home wears dark, and away is supposed to wear predominantly white uniform, jersey-wise. Right. And that And that can be so many different things, but it's supposed to be predominantly white. It's definitely not gold. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, those things, uh, and, and Mo, it's funny you're mentioning that because I love stuff like that too. Uh, I remember at one time in basketball, in fact, I was getting, when I was at Beach, I was getting ready to order a gray, like a shiny Mm-mm. gray uniform to wear at home. And then that got stopped because you had to wear white at home. Uh, yep. So you can get special permission and do some of those things. That that becomes a little bit of a headache at times. But uh, I know we did that with Centennial when I was at Franklin. Uh, coach Froden was the coach over there at Centennial, and they wanted to wear uh, uh, all black, I think it was, at home. And, uh, you know, we contacted TSSAA. We said, hey, we both agree to it, and it was fine. But uh, I love stuff like that. I think it just adds more excitement to the game, gets players excited. Uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed seeing that too. Anytime as an official, when you don't have to be the uniform police, it's a good thing. Uh, and, One would think. And 
basketball is the absolute worst, by the way, because your your undershirt can't be a different color than your jersey. You can't have phrase. You you know it's got to be tucked in. Every, everybody has to wear the same color sleeve and the the neoprenes and everything. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets to be a little much and takes maybe the focus uh, off of the game a little bit. But and yeah, the rules. Things... I mean, if I'm an official and I have to deal with your uniform being not being tucked in, I'm not paying as much attention to the to play that block on... charge call. Right. <laughs> It's just yeah, no doubt. You know the the big one that uh, uh, that was uh, sort of relaxed, I believe, last year was the rolling up of the shorts. That was mm. you know, that was a big thing, especially for the roll. girls. Yeah, uh, rolling them I'll at the waist. This, yeah, now, I had I had some guys at, at at Franklin that were into the rolled up oh, shorts. In fact, the guys uh, have started uh, Mo, doing it too. Yeah, Mo probably saw this. We had the old MTIT tournament that we revived there at Franklin when I was there, and mm-hmm. uh, I went back to an old yearbook of the days of Bobby Langley. <laughs> and actually duplicated a uniform. Uh, it, it almost looked identical to the uniform they were wearing in the 50s. Even down to the and, short shorts? And we got the short shorts, and guys wanted the short shorts. I mean, we're talking uh, some were getting five-inch shorts, if you can believe that. Oh, goodness. Uh, some were getting seven-inch, but I don't think anybody got nine. So I, I think uh, I'm glad I missed that. Well, it's interesting. How, isn't it interesting how the trends change? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Because I mean, you think back to those old Arkansas teams of the '90s and um, Kareem Reed wearing those culottes, bringing the ball up the floor. You know, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you you talk- know the team I think of though, but more than Arkansas is Michigan. Mm-hmm. With the Fab, with Fab, the Fab Five. Five. Yeah, yeah. They they wore they wore those. <laughs> Long, cool. long shorts. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, you were talking about getting the players excited. I don't think there will be any problem getting players excited for what suddenly is the marquee game in Region 66A this weekend, I guess, with the Battle of Franklin. Yeah, that's a that's a big game. You know, there's so much on the line and so much history there. It's, it's such an interesting matchup for several reasons. First of all, the last three years it's meant the playoffs, and it's right. really going to – it's going to mean the playoffs again this year too. Let's face it, the winner's going to going to be a playoff team, and the loser's probably not going to be. Um, uh, the other thing is, you know, the history with Coach Webb, who coached Coach Kreisky at Henry County. Uh, you throw in Coach Webb's wife, uh, Dr. Lee Webb, who was the principal at Centennial, and listen, she makes no bones about it. She's pulling for Centennial. <laughs> <laughs> I was standing with her on the sidelines last year, and I was so shocked how how she so openly was rooting against her husband's team. It was so funny. <laughs> they're great, though. They they get yeah. it all figured out. They're they're both Cubs fans, though, so we got to work on that. But <laughs> um, sounds like I'm talking to a Cardinals fan, maybe. Uh, no, oh, good, good lord, no. no. Stop cussing. <laughs> No, no. I'm talking to a couple of Braves fans, actually. I know we're, you're a Braves fan, Mo. We're 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 fired up for um, eleven oh five first pitch. Well, you should be. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, this is Darren Joins, Williamson County Athletics Director. Darren, thanks so much for taking time to join us today. We really appreciate uh, what you do in Williamson County and supporting high school athletics and helping us help you. Because that is the most important. We, we want to do everything we can to promote these athletes as, as much as we can, and you make that very possible, and we appreciate it. Well, I, I appreciate your kind words, and I can say the same thing about you guys. Uh, you know, being in this area, and I've, I've talked to Mo about this extensively, uh, it's so interesting how this feels like 
uh, 20 years ago or 30 years ago when it comes to how sports are covered. And I mean that in the best of ways mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, there's such a relationship between the media and the coaches. It's just a lot of fun. It, it, it makes me think of uh, uh, it's not quite this, but I think it's close. Uh, uh, the times when the reporters rode with the team and <laughs> it's just a neat thing. We've really got something special in this area. Uh, and you guys are certainly a big part of that. We appreciate it, Darren. Thanks for joining us this morning, and um, we will definitely catch up. Okay, sounds good, gentlemen. Thank you. All right, when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, we're going to talk about girls' soccer from last night, some volleyball scores, the golf state tournament. Summertown is now playing currently in that state tournament. We'll get you updated on their standings couple of middle school football games and will murray county swim teams have a place to practice and play we'll talk about that as well on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Phone lines are open, 931-381-1017, 931-381-1017, or on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports. We'd love to interact with you. Maurice Patton to my left, JP Plant directly in front of us on the board, making all the cool music happen, dropping beats. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Lots of high school sports from last night. Lots of stuff going on this morning over in the low class, small class. Small class. (laughs) Small class. I was thinking low A, like rookie ball or something. Small class state golf tournaments. And currently, as expected, the Summertown girls are looking as if they are on their way to their third consecutive state title. Yeah, coming out of yesterday, Summertown led the eight-team field, shooting a 147, three-over par. Um, Carly Campbell shot a 72 in third place behind... Adamsville's Carson Adkins and Gordonsville's Sophie Linder individually. Laney Campbell was fourth with a 75. So, um, again, Summertown up 11 strokes on second place Adamsville after yesterday's first round. So, big day there for the Lady Eagles looking to back that up today as they go for again, as you said, their third in a row. On the boys' side, Summertown's boys were fourth coming out of yesterday's fourth round. 
shooting a team total of 334 coming in behind Signal Mountain, which led the pack with a 310. Kingston at 315 and Stewart County at 317. Eighth grader Cole Campbell shot a two over par 74 yesterday, left him tied for third with Cascade senior Evan Woosley-Reed, who is a Tennessee commitment. Um, Kingston's Blake Woody led the individual competition after one round, and Signal Mountain's Beck Lewis was second. Um, Cole was at 74 again, two over par, and two back of the lead. That's striking distance. That is striking distance, and um, I guess in a two-round tournament, the second round is moving day, so we'll see how that goes for Cole and um, and for the Summertown girls as well. Again, um, creating a little golf dynasty down there. So we'll be keeping an eye on that, and we'll have further coverage of that for you um, tomorrow morning and likely on the website at sm-tnsports.com as well. All right, and girls soccer last night, Spring Hill got a senior night win over Columbia Central. Interesting in that it was senior night, but all five goals were scored by underclassmen. Yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> Coverage of that on sm-tnsports.com as well. Summit fell to Nolensville 2-0. In volleyball, Brentwood took a 3-0 win over Summit, but Summit was missing several players and still uh, fought hard in that one. Brentwood was also missing their coach who is in the hospital at Vanderbilt under for medical conditions that we are not aware of. Yeah, I want to so. send best wishes to Barbara Campbell and the family. Um, her daughter, Kendra Rendell, actually, Rennell, excuse me, actually lives here in town. So, And Lewis County uh, defeated Mount Pleasant in five sets. Middle school scores, Mount Pleasant, middle school football, 40, Zion Christian, 8, and then Whitthorn, got a 22-12 to 12 win over Battle Creek in that one as well. All right. When we come back on the top of the hour, we will get to that Mule Town Wreck mm-hmm. pool story because it does have a little bit of a local flair here to our radio station. We'll tell you what that is when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries and their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back in. Top of the hour on 
96.7 FM WKOM Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Maurice, we've been talking about this as we prepare for our winter sports magazine. And bowling, of course, supposed to be starting here soon. Not sure what the the status is on that. Mm-hmm. But one of the other winter sports is high school swimming unfortunately we're also not sure of the status of that because in case you have been listening to krm kom news and that sort of thing then you will know that mule town rec is where the high school swim teams participate and practice they need about 300 and $50,000, $340,000 to make some improvements and to fix problems with those pools at Milltown Rec. Uh, Yeah, that's, um, I'm pretty sure Central, CA, Spring Spring Hill, Hill, among others, compete there and and practice there, like you said. And And these are the indoor pools. The outdoor pools are fine and they're going to stay open, but obviously you can't swim during TWSAA swim season, or it's not TWSAA, it's uh, during high school Yes, it's, an, it's a non-TWSAA sanctioned sport. Right. Um, I'm not sure exactly who the sanctioning body is. I think it's the Tennessee State Swim Coaches Association. I think it's TSSCA. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, and, and swimming, for those who compete – is a serious deal and for their training facilities their their competition facilities to to be on high alert i guess like that is is a concern as their season approaches here i i one you kind of train year-round for swimming but right now they are getting close to their preseason and that kind of thing and so to have that up in the air the way it is 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 a little disconcerting, I think. And so that's kind of why you're starting to see the urgency right now of the situation with, you know, the, the mentions that have taken place on some other shows here and, and that kind of thing. Right. So they needed $340,000 when they originally, their last, their last day, according to Mule Town Rec, to raise the 340 was sometime last week. Mm. They they had raised about 220-ish. And so Muleton Rex said, we've got to start the, the process of closing the pools, unfortunately. At that time, an anonymous donor gave $75,000 or pledged $75,000 as a match if they could come up with the other 75 to in in donations mm-hmm. they have received since that time 30 of that of the rest of the number so i guess they still need either 45 or 55,000 dollars give or take um cuz you know 10,000 dollars give or take plus or minus <laughs> plus plus or minus yeah, yeah just some P- loose change Pish posh yeah. <laughs> nonetheless uh, one of our local radio show hosts, George Hamilton V, he has a, a, a radio show on WKRM on Sundays. He 
along with John Cowan, who has worked with incredible musicians. Mm-hmm. He's been a studio musician with John Prine, um, Ricky Skaggs, Zach Brown, Darius Rucker, some of those. Kenny and, Rogers, the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, I mean, tons of, uh, of great artists that he's worked with. So obviously he's well-known in town, and hopefully with the added bonus of getting the radio station involved uh, an old school radio a thon maybe call in and and and, uh, pledge. And, and pledge your donations and hopefully they can help raise the remaining funds there the new deadline is October 9th which so. is a week from Friday correct and that's uh, that's important because if they can raise the remaining funds then high school swim season will obviously have some life breathed back into it locally. I'm not. I'm sure they could find somewhere else. I'm sure they could find somewhere else, but it won't be. Wouldn't be nearly as convenient. I think Lewisburg right. would be the next option for them. Probably. There's an indoor pool in Franklin, but I'm not sure if it's competition ready. I just don't know. So you may see them go opposite directions. Spring Hill may go one direction. Columbia NCA may go another. Mm-hmm. Just not, and I'm not sure what, how many other schools participate at Mule Town Rec. There may be others. I'm so not, I'm not sure. Nonetheless, keep an ear here on WKOM, WKRM. And as we know more about that radiothon, we will let you know. That's right. And if you got any insight, give us yeah, a call. If, I mean, if you nine three one three eight one one zero one seven. We we don't know where you would donate otherwise. I know Gail Moore, who is a local triathlete, mm-hmm. fantastic lady. Um, you know, they're they're heading it up, but I don't know, I, I don't know where the where you would go to donate other than just listening to the radiothon. We know right. that that's gonna take some donations so sure all right let's talk a little bit about we don't get into a whole lot of pro sports on this show but with the nba finals starting tonight the stanley cup finals ending two nights ago two nights ago monday night and the major league baseball playoffs starting today i want to talk a little bit about pro sport bubbles and the unique aspect that it creates when you have no fans in attendance you've still got the stadium noises you've got the 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 organs playing and the 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 music and all of that that goes into it what is when you're watching it on TV and I I I watched I watched the NHL as much as I could during during the playoffs because playoff hockey there to me there's not much better than playoff hockey. It's it's intense. It's completely nonstop action. So I, I like to watch it, but it just felt weird. Uh, Put you in the bubble. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what in bubble the talk world? deserves a little bubble ambiance. I, I get it now. I, I gotta be honest. I've not watched an NBA or an NHL. I've not watched an NHL game since the Predators got knocked out. Gotcha. Which was fairly early. <laughs> yeah. And, there it uh, is. 
<laughs> and I've, I've not watched an NBA game since they went to the bubble. I've, I'm, I'm more of a playoffs NBA fan anyway, but I just, in August and September, I just wasn't really feeling pro basketball. Couldn't get into it. Inst- interested to see how this Heat Lakers series goes, but but it's been odd. And again, it, it's just been 2020. You know the the whole the whole situation with no fans and the piped in noise, like you said. It's just I'm I'm just kind of ready for. Do you think it, it, it takes away? Because I think I think one of the biggest, the most exciting parts about NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs is the intensity of not only the players but the, but fans. the fans. Yeah, and yeah, I I think I think all of these guys have played in those type environments back when they were playing AAU or whatever and and there weren't a whole lot of people around and that kind of thing so I'm not sure that they are negatively impacted as much as they would be positively impacted if things were normal I I definitely think it affects any momentum you may have home or away with you know if you go on a a, an 8-0 run Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot easier if you're on the other end of that eight oh run to maybe stop it. Yeah. That that makes sense because you the other team, the team that's on that run, doesn't have that crowd to feed off of mm-hmm. and doesn't have that that raised level of, of noise and, and support and that kind of thing. So overall in Major League Baseball, right now they're not playing in a bubble. Right now they are at home sites. In a three-game series, to and all, see who and, goes and all to three the of the games are going to be at the higher seed, right? So no traveling. Yeah, once you're there, you're there. But they go to a bubble after this round, and I'm curious how that's going to work. The good thing is the weather's supposed to be nice everywhere they're going to be. And, uh, well, I think that was pretty well the the, the, the thought intent. process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trevor Bauer. Oh, who Lord. who never lacks for anything to say? Who is the Reds' um, scheduled starter later this afternoon against Atlanta? He he is he is not a favor of this of uh, a fan of this approach. Does not favor this approach. He's he's got a tweet here from um, from Monday. Home team family members can attend the games. Visiting team family members cannot attend the game at MLB. Yep, checks out. Guess we, did, guess we didn't win enough games this year to earn the right for our family to watch us play. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Um, Bauer has been an outspoken critic of MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred for, for a pretty good while, and this falls right in line. Warranted but, for most of it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, but um, so this whole, whole Major League season obviously has been – a little wonky, I guess. And so, why would the postseason be any different? I don't know. I'm really excited to watch the games because, again, not and, and not just this particular series, but as the playoffs continue, because it's just going. It's going to be weird watching at you know, maybe watching Atlanta and St. Louis play in San Diego. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, I mean, of all the parks you choose, is it still Petco? I don't even know. I believe it's Petco. So, uh, and again, 
sunny and 75 year round in San Diego. So whatever could be worse. Yeah, I mean, it, especially in early October, as the as it goes on, as the the season goes on, and it gets closer to November. Sure, I get that. I you know I get it, but let's. There, there's something about playing in Cleveland mm-hmm. in late October that I've enjoyed before in my lifetime. Well, I've, I've just never, I've never felt like baseball in particular was a neutral site sport. I mean, if we're going to do that, can we play it at Rickwood Field without any, cause, and, and play in the old school uniforms? There we go. That'd be I, cool. If you're going to do it. I, if there's not going to be fans there. It's not like we need, you know, the bleachers aren't that great there. But I'll tell you, it, it would be cool to watch the old it, the old signs in the background. If you've seen any of the old baseball movies, most of them were filmed in part, at least, at Rickwood Field. I know 42, Cobb, mm-hmm. um, The Natural. So, yeah, that's – it's Neutral I mean, sites are weird. They are weird. Then. But neutral sites with no fans are more weird? I mean, maybe, but I think it's it's neutral sites without fans is not as weird as at home with no fans. Yeah. Because I can see you not getting, you know, your fans not traveling to San Diego despite the Braves having fans across the country. Braves, Cubs... Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, that's pretty much they all have national fan bases and that's thanks to Ted Turner's mm-hmm. TBS Superstation. But it's still I, th- I think it's a little different, you know, obviously for those teams who wouldn't have fans at games in San Diego, you know, why aren't it's going to be less weird, I think. I don't know. We're going to see cuz we're well, well we're hopefully we're going to see I mean, we're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it either way. I don't. I mean, if the Braves are out, it's going to hurt my feelings. But I'm still going to watch some of the bubble in MLB. I, I'm just a pro baseball fan. I guess I'm odd. I usually have to go through a mourning period once the Braves get knocked out. Oh, mourning period. Just saying. And I'm I'm with you, but as long as as long as the uh, the Dodgers don't win at all, I'm okay. You know about. what, though? With Mookie Betts, former Overton standout, being You're with like, the Dodgers uh, now, I don't mind the Dodgers so much. Otherwise, I'd be right there with you. Yeah. But we are Braves fans, and we're going to talk plenty about the upcoming series that starts today as we get off the air at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Braves and Reds. We're going to break that big-time pitching matchup down when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, right here on WKOM 101 FM, Columbia. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 
or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Hope you guys are having a great day out there in Radio Land. Time to talk a little bit about the Atlanta Braves and their playoff opening series against the Cincinnati Reds. I showed Maurice a tweet yesterday that said every team in the NL or AL Central who played the Pittsburgh Pirates 10 times in this season made the playoffs. If you take away the Pirates games collectively, those teams were 198. It's two games over 500. That's insane. Yeah. Um, the Reds, speaking of two games over 500, that's where they sit in that seventh seed overall in the playoffs. They're 31 and 29 on the year, 15 and 16 on the road, whereas the number two seeded. Atlanta Braves are 35 and 25 on the year, 19 and 11 inside their home ballpark at Truist Park. Now, must be the fans or lack thereof. Maybe we should. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just close it off. I mean, three years in a row, National League East champs and have watched our biggest rival win a World Series in that time. And mm. that's tough. Um, shout out to Pernell Knox, who has not seen his team win the World Series either. You know, it's probably not good business to drive off the few listeners we have. Hey, I'm just saying, I guess, it's all right, we'll pay for his lunch today. We'll, we'll buy him back. Okay, then. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm sure he'll let us. Yeah. Um, so today, we get the only matchup pitching-wise, between two top ten pitchers in ERA in the major leagues who made the playoffs. So, Max Freed taking on the aforementioned Trevor Bauer. And, you know, Max coming off of some inactivity, had an injury, came back, worked an inning, um, tweaked an ankle, Sat so he's pitched like one inning in the last two weeks. How that's going to impact him later this afternoon? He did. I don't know if it was a sim game or not, but he did throw some live BP to Austin Riley last week. Okay, all right. So there's that. There's that. But as far Still as in a, a competitive, right, something on the line situation, he's not. And. As we were talking the other day, I'm not sure he threw in that Cardinal series last year. He did not. Uh, he did not throw in that Cardinal, Cardinal series. So this would be his first per- postseason appearance for the Atlanta Braves and starting. That being said, when Max Fried is on the mound, the Atlanta Braves have a very, very good chance. No matter who he's matched up to against. To win the baseball game because you have 
a pair of National League MVP candidates, despite what anybody will tell you. Including Mark, the Braves telecasters. And, and, well, including everyone, pretty yeah. much. But, yes, Marcelo Zuna and Freddie Freeman, both in the conversation, if you ask me, for National League MVP, the most likely of those two to win it would be Freddie Freeman. On what basis, sir? Because Mar- there's no chance Marcelo Zuna does it having played DH slash when he played left field, it wasn't great all the time. So uh, then, and then you have a, obviously first base, not a demanding position, but you've seen Freddie make some incredible defensive plays this year, including a couple of tags and throws that throw to third base. Like we said, like we talked about with to Dansby mm-hmm. to get the lead runner on the there. Run. Yeah. Just, you know, a couple of things that make you go, okay, well he saved a couple of runs defensively too. His F war is the highest of anyone in the discussion. Now, see, when you start getting into all that analytics I stuff, know. you lose me. Well, th- here's the thing, though. If if you're talking traditional numbers, there's no question that both of them are in the discussion. And obviously, Ozuna led the, the National, National League, League in home, home runs and RBIs. And RBIs. And he finished fifth in – in hitting. In batting average. I mean, he, he was pretty close to a triple crown. Yeah. And I don't and think. He, and, oh, yeah, he's in the mix, too. Yeah. It's wild. It really is. Um, But I, I think this offense from top to bottom, and we've said this before on the show, is the most productive offense we've ever seen from an Atlanta team. And they still manage to leave the bases loaded all the time. <laughs> it's wild. But I tell you what, though, when when it gets to the seventh inning, it's like a light goes on with these guys. Offense and defense and pitching. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and we've talked about it before. They they are tw- they're 27 tough outs that you have to get against this lineup and with the way the bullpen has thrown this year. If you're down late to them, it's it's really a tough climb back. But Freed hasn't pitched in the postseason. Ian Anderson, tomorrow starter, hasn't. Um, Kyle Wright hasn't. Kyle, Bryce Wilson hasn't. So, you know. Whichever you, you've one got starts some, the if necessary game, if yeah, you, necessary. If necessary. Um, and – the Reds have Sonny Gray lurking in that if necessary game there. So here's the thing about that. I don't necessarily expect the I expect the Braves to rock good pitching. Like I've said, like I said a couple days ago. The Braves tend to have better offensive performances against the better starting pitching that they face so yeah i think what's interesting about this entire postseason not just the braves and reds but but the whole thing is none of these teams have seen each other because you right. played if you were in the national league east all your games were against national league east and american league east teams to try to cut down on on travel same thing with the central members of the national league and american league and the west 
members of both leagues. So this postseason is the first time that that you're unless you're playing somebody from your division, like the Rays and the Rays and Jays, I guess. But this such a great one. Yeah, this is the so this is the first time, and I don't know how much advanced scouting or anything like that was going on with travel being what it is with you not having folks in the stands so it's it's going to be fascinating I don't know if there's a feeling out period or or how that works the first time you play somebody and it be for postseason advancement it's going to be unique to say the least Trevor Bauer sits with a National League best 1.73 ERA and 100 strikeouts this season, but he's only gone five and four. That being said, he's two and one in his final four regular season starts with a 1.24 ERA and double-digit strikeouts in three of those contests. Um, Bauer's pretty good. <laughs> he, he's he's he's. He's pretty good, and, and and that's not. I mean, Max Fried is pretty good too, so that's why I think this is going to come down to offense, and I don't think there's any question the better offense is in Atlanta. Oh, I don't either. I mean, I have to say I'm not I'm not that familiar with Cincinnati, but what I what I am from there's nothing really about them that really jumps out, and again, they're the number seven team out of the central. Here. Out of, yeah. Which was not a great – I mean, you still had to play the American League Central, but, I mean, outside of Cleveland, and we – I mean, what – Well, Minnesota wasn't well, bad. We saw what they did yesterday. So, I, I'm I'm just not sure that this is a – obviously, I'm scared because well, it's you the Braves. Well, and you got to be. Uh, yeah. Because – And that's, that's the whole thing. It may not even be as much about – the Reds as it is about the Braves. I mean, a lot of your national baseball experts are picking the Braves as the most likely top seed to not advance. And that's as much about previous Braves teams as it is about this Braves team. But they're also right. The Braves are trending in the wrong direction while the Reds have been on a tear as of late. So – They've got and, the and that's a theory that I've had about wild card teams historically. Absolutely. I mean, when you've had to play every game of 162 and and those last 10 or 15 have really meant something as opposed to you wrapping up and coasting and that kind of thing, do you lose your edge in that situation? Do you gain an edge by each of your last 10 games having, having been – back-to-the-wall type situations. I think the Braves have lost an edge over the years. They haven't won a playoff series since 2001. I don't think it's all about that, but I don't think that helps. No, it doesn't. Absolutely not. That being said, Ronald Acuna is going to play. He's got a little soreness and maybe a little pain in his wrist. but Suck it up, buttercup. But nothing that's going to keep him from playing – and hitting leadoff for the Braves today. And the thing is, once he gets on base, his wrist is no longer an issue. That's right. It, 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 unless he wants to swipe a bag and there's sliding involved and whatnot, and you you maybe get scared to slide head first, et cetera. Who knows? That being said, in addition to Ronald Acuna, Chris Martin is available to pitch. 
And that's a good thing. And that's a great thing. Because um, it keeps that bullpen intact and, and keeps folks in the positions that have kind of shaken out here down the stretch with um, him getting the seventh, Shane Green getting the eighth, and Melanson getting the ninth and in a perfect world for Brian Snitker. Yeah, and it keeps Luke Jackson in the bullpen as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Luke. He gets a bad rap. He really does look. But, and I, and I'm again, Jackson you guy. know, we, we ripped him for that relief outing over the weekend against the Red Sox, but he was nailed when, when Freed got hurt against the Marlins, and he came in and gave you four great innings on, so he on really short notice. He replaced two injured pitchers, one of which he had an entire half inning to warm up. The other, he did not. Mm-hmm. Did you see the difference? <laughs> Don't think you only hurt the team. I mean, clearly, no. He had the he had a full half inning when he got the win, replacing Freed. Mm. He did not fare well when he came in. Martin had runners on first and second, high leverage situation. He he struggles in those particular situations, and it's not. And of course, the ball hitting off third base <laughs> when Sandoval went to to make a play and probably had a double play ready to go doesn't right. help. So he's very unlucky too. I don't know. Yes. They, they yeah. hitters seem to just hit, hit them where they ain't when he's on the mound and that's okay, I guess. But that being said at 11 o'clock central today on ESPN, the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> yeah. play the Atlanta Braves in a wild card series that I am very excited to watch. I'm excited to see, you know, Suarez, Nick Castellanos, those are two guys that that I'm really curious to see how they match up against the pitching staff of this Braves team. So this is going to be a very good series because of the momentum Cincinnati has coming in. This is probably the most exciting 2-7 series that we're going to see. Yeah, uh, it's a a little um, concerning. When you've got a team coming in with that kind of momentum, but again, this offense is just fun to watch, and yep. you never know when they're going to break loose for twenty-nine runs or something. You like that. never know. Let's just keep Joey Votto from rounding the bases without any uh, without any necessary hurry. <laughs> All right, when we come back. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We're going to go over some of the weirdest news around the world and probably ask some questions about what we might do in certain situations similar to that. It is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton. It is the final segment of Wild & Wacky Wednesday. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes, as I think Maurice has some breaking news. We have breaking news. Um, according to friend of the show, Teresa Walker with the Associated Press, the Pittsburgh Steelers-Tennessee Titans game that had been scheduled for Sunday at 12 noon here in Nashville will instead be played Monday or Tuesday due to positive coronavirus test results among the at Titans. At least eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they announced that earlier this morning. On Tuesday, the NFL said three Titans and five other team personnel had tested positive for COVID-19. The facility at St. Thomas Sports Park is closed at least through Friday. So that game between two of the NFL seven unbeatens will either be played Monday as part of a doubleheader Monday night along with the Packers and Falcons. And I'm not sure anybody wants to see the Falcons right now. Or it'll be played the on Packers Tuesday. The Packers do. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> or or it'll be played on Tuesday. And we don't have um, Tuesday we don't night have football. Any, Tuesday night football. Yeah. Hey, why not? Maction. Little Maction. Mac attack. A uh, little Maction on Tuesday night in Nashville. There we go. I mean, I, I'm okay with Tuesday night NFL football. Well, the only thing is you got to turn around and play on a really short week after that. But I mean, it's just like playing a Thursday game on, after a Sunday. So there's not a difference between playing on Sunday after Tuesday. But you know athletes are creatures of I habit, mean, it, it, man. It's, but yeah, I, it's not ideal. No. But it's not like it's unprecedented. But it's yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> so, right. You're right. I mean, yeah. Let's uh, if you got to do it, you got you got to get the game in. You can't not yeah. play the game. Yeah, exactly. Even exactly. if it's without those eight players, which it will well, be. Well, they're they're not eight players. It's um or eight 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 individuals. Yeah. Um, whether it be players, staff, whatever. Yeah, three three Titans and five other team personnel. So gotcha. Managers and those are going to be out. Yeah. They're they're not going to be anywhere near the team at least for a couple of weeks. Oh no. So we'll know who they are. Come pretty game time. If you if you've got a roster and you can see who's there, then you can pretty well figure out who's not. So, yeah. But huh. that's that's what's going on there. Stay tuned. We'll we'll know at some point whether that game will be played on Monday or Tuesday. But it won't be on Sunday. It will not be on Sunday. There you go. Thanks, friend of the show, Teresa Walker, for reporting for the Associated Press. We were going to have job. her on the show today. Unfortunately, all this happened with the Titans, and she was clearly busy. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. On on multiple fronts. Yeah, we were going to try to talk to her and pick her brain about the NBA Finals between the Heat and the um, and the Lakers, as she has um, seen both of them up close and personal as she covers the Grizzlies and reigning Rookie of the Year, Ja Morant. Boo. What? OBC. He went to Murray State. And dude, dude, I, I'm not a fan. I can't. I got you. Can't not be a fan of that kid. Dude's good. He's, he's really. He's good. the real deal. But he got a lot of, uh, let's just say, special treatment sometimes in the OVC. 
So Wisconsin was good. Hey, you got to prote- <laughs> protect your stars. Well, he and he was that. Protect your stars. Hey, uh, and he was absolutely 100%. When when else have you ever heard of an OVC player going in the first round of the NBA draft? You've not. Never. So, yeah, protect your stars. And, I, I don't get it. And, I, and I mean, I was, I was at MTSU when they were in the OVC, so I get the Murray hate. <sighs> but. Yeah, John Moran's great. <laughs> great. Great ball player. And, and a good dude from what I understand. Seems so, to be, yeah. There you go. All right, it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Doom! Brought to you each week by our friends at JJ's Barbecue on Hatcher Lane in Columbia. Beginning tomorrow, they have their delicious loaded potato soup. It will be back on the menu. You can get there early because it's going to be lined up around the corner. Or you can order online at JJ's Barbecue. That's with a C.com. Let's go over to Croatia. Take a trip. Cross the pond. Croatia. Apparently, a soccer match in Croatia was interrupted when an escaped parrot escaped from where I don't know. <laughs> celebrated a team's goal by swooping down on the field and landing on, it says on a parrot's back, but I'm assuming it's a player's back. A, a parrot didn't escape and then land on another parrot, I assume. Maybe. Uh, well, It's Croatia. <laughs> you're right. I don't know. I would tell you what game this was in, but I can't pronounce either of the team's names, so I'm not even going to try. It was in Croatia. Um, I mean, if you're a Croatian soccer fan, then you may be familiar with these. Otherwise, so you're good. Apparently, Carlo Issa Seg- Segi, he's a fullback. And I didn't even know that, was a full, that there are things such Defenders. as fullbacks. Okay, gotcha. He's a defender for one of the teams. The parrot landed on his back. So he gets his arm. He reaches around. He takes the parrot off his back. And everybody goes nuts, of course. So... Anyway, that's a weird thing to happen in sports. Go ahead. Polly won a goal? (laughs) Polly won a goal. (laughs) Apparently, it did. Um, Mo, what's the weirdest thing that you've ever seen happen on a a playing service when you've been out covering a game? I got it. I I was stumped by this, and then it came to – Yeah, yeah. When you asked it earlier, I was like, he's going to ask me this on the air, and I got nothing. Back when I was covering the Nashville Sounds in the early 2000s, they were playing the New Orleans Zephyrs at Greer Stadium. It was on Friday night, I think. And pitcher by the name of Rick Helling, you might have heard of him, got some major league time with the Rangers, among other teams. Threw a pitch. Hitter broke his back. Bat. Not his back. He's fine. (laughs) He's fine. Broke his bat. You know, shattered shattered it. A shard of the bat about six inches or so long wound up getting impaled in Helling's arm. Ooh. Oh. That that hurts my stomach. It try seeing it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, obviously he had to come out of the game, but he made his next start. I mean, it was just it was superficial. It was one of those things that looked a lot worse than it was, but to actually see it in real time, it was clearly the most bizarre thing I've seen in, in covering sports. So, this is a very similar situation to what we just heard. But um, when, 
when I was in Alabama, there was a, a situation where a a dog got into the stadium, onto the field during a play, takes off running, and I mean just and it, it absolutely everyone in the stadium is trying to catch this dog and it is it's not having it, huh? Not having it. My friend Kyle Parmley was at the Cordova game. It was against Hamilton. And, um, yeah, very unusual situation. And later, they finally get the dog off the field. The next week, unfortunately, the Alabama High School Athletic Association ruled the dog academically ineligible. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was, you know, when you're in the middle of a play and then you just see a random dog come out, what, what do you, I mean, funny it's funny you say that what do you I, w- do? I was at the um zion christian columbia academy girl soccer game a couple of weeks ago and a dog ran out onto the field and its owner like got out to it, it play was on the other end of the field so you know it didn't really affect anything it was just kind of a funny little deal there but it, it didn't impact anything the way your your alabama dog did so. very weird um so, do you guys play scratch-offs? you guys do the scratch-offs at all? No. So, uh, full disclosure, I, Sarah and I, that's how we announced our pregnancy to our parents is we gave we, we gave them a bunch of scratch-offs, and the last one was a fake one that we had ordered online that said we're pregnant in the prize box and whatnot. So, anyway, a couple in North Carolina won $100. That was great. They, day after they won that hundred dollars, they took some of it and they bought another scratch off and won a hundred grand. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. You know, the the lottery in general is unique. On top of that, this guy, he decides, he's in Australia. He decides, my brother's been playing the lottery for forty years and he played the same numbers every time, and. He passed away. The guy said, I'm going to play the lottery one more time with those numbers. Hmm. 400 grand later, he's a lottery winner. Wow. So if you're going to play the lottery, what are your numbers? (laughs) Give me five numbers. Five numbers. Five numbers. You don't don't want to give that away, do you? I'm just, well, I mean, he's not got his crystal ball or anything out right now. (laughs) No. Not, not since you looked into it. Not and since I looked yeah. it up. Yeah, leave it alone. Clearly I did. Um, my kids' birthdays are the 23rd and the 28th. So Go with that. It would probably be those two. My birthday is also the 28th. Uh, so it would probably be some combination of those. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the birthday thing. I think that's always good. But 14 has always been my number, my lucky number. Um, and you've that, been playing it how long? I've, I've, <laughs> I've never played the lottery. Oh, okay. Where I've picked number, I always just do the quick picks. I'm like, just just give me some. Yeah. I don't care if I'm if I'm gonna play the lottery. I'm just like, yeah, just give me a ticket. I mean, because I, I don't know enough about it. I don't want to fill out because I've never played it, so I don't know how to fill out that little card, right? Yeah. And I don't want to look like a goofball at the counter and hold somebody up that knows what they're doing. So I'm just like, just give me a ticket. Yeah, I'll take what I got. We'll and do the quick pick and take our chances. And yeah. It hasn't worked out. Has trust not. Because I probably wouldn't be here if it had. Well, <laughs> that's exactly right. 
All right, folks, that is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. What you got? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, that was brought to you each week by our friends at JJ's Barbecue on Hatcher Lane in Columbia. Again, beginning tomorrow, loaded potato soup. Make sure to get out there. Or you can order online at JJ's Barbecue. That's with a C, dot com. Before we get out of here, sitting here scanning my Twitter account and um, a retweet by 615 Preps, which we're going to be visiting with Chris Brooks from 615 Preps during the first hour of our Friday show here during the 9 o'clock hour. But he has retweeted a tweet from Cecil Joyce with the Daily News Journal over in Murfreesboro. Breaking OHS Pats to play at Brentwood High School Friday night. Knew that Oakland was looking for a game. They wanted a home game, but with it being Brentwood's homecoming, I guess Brentwood maybe shelled out a little cash more than likely. So the the Bruins will not have to miss two weeks. That's that's ideal. Right. And what, what's not ideal is that the number five Bruins in the AP poll are, play, are hosting the number one Patriots. And that is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I'm going to be excited to see how that one turns out. Yeah. We would – JP's going to ask us on Friday, what game that you're not going to are you going to look at? There we go. And it's going to be that one. Yeah, so that's that's a question he won't have to ask either of us. He can ask us anyway because, you know, he's – That's what he does? Well, he's got some extra listeners that probably aren't listening right now and don't (laughs) know. I don't know about that. I got time to fill, though. (laughs) (laughs) He's got time to fill. Enter the two of you. There we go. It works out really well. It's great stuff. It might be a game that I – well, no, I got someplace I got to be, I guess. So, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we, we got a lot of exciting games on Friday. We and do. we're going to talk about all of those tomorrow. in our first hour tomorrow. We'll talk about all of our local games in, uh, in, in and around Murray County in southern middle Tennessee. On Friday, we'll take a look around. We'll actually talk to Will Rabb mm-hmm. from WCRCDT out of Winchester. Yes, so he will be talking about that. Franklin County Columbia Central game with us. And on Friday, like you said, we'll talk with Chris Brooks of 615 Preps. Going to be a lot of fun. Got a lot of great stuff coming up. It's going to be pretty much high school football the rest of the week. Of course, we will talk about those additional games across the area. Um, Soccer, volleyball. There is a volleyball game tonight. Independence at Summit. Spring Hill Soccer at Tullahoma. Make sure to get out and enjoy high school sports. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.